1: Welcome to the Wednesday Roto-Wire football podcast, college edition, brought to you by Wix.com. I'm John McKechnie, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy and college football editor, uh, college football guru, Mario Puig. Mario, we had a pretty crazy slate of games last weekend, some really uh, kind of down-to-the-wire finishes. Um, What were some things that kind of stood out to you? I'd like to get us started with with that Wisconsin-Ohio State game.
2: Uh, it was pretty exciting I watched that game and and Madison was obviously pretty hyped up for that and uh, it was it was as always with the Badgers closer than I expected I I thought Ohio State would cover they obviously did not having gone to overtime but I I think the the Badgers are really really good I think they're gonna throttle Nebraska in a week uh, the week after the upcoming one right uh, when when Nebraska comes to Camp Randall uh, which coincides with like a uh, Halloween, so uh, that's going to be a mess. But it's it's one <laughs> that I think the Badgers are just going to rock them
1: in. I think so too. I think you know my my sort of final thought on that game coming into it was was whoever was able to sort of seize the momentum and, and play their brand of football first was gonna was gonna you know kind of dictate the game. And I thought that Wisconsin came out and they played the, uh, like the, their brand of football, and they kind of got Ohio State off of its uh, like momentum a little bit. And it took, obviously it took Ohio state forever to sort of, uh, be able to mount their comeback and, and chip back into it. And I thought that, you know, if, if Wisconsin was able to hold Ohio state to like under 24 points, they'd have a real shot at winning. And obviously, uh, it ended up being 30 points and, you know, 23 points going into overtime. So, uh, that, that did end up kind of being the threshold there, but uh, yeah, I'm super impressed by Wisconsin. Uh, they they should be able to take care of business against Iowa this week. We'll get into that a little bit later, but, uh, the run game looked good it i liked how they used jazz pv Yeah. yeah
2: clement's clement's looking so much better this year i mean granted he had like the sports hernia last year but um he's he looks like an nfl runner right now
1: he absolutely does i mean to to average over six yards of carry against an ohio state defense that had pretty much been shutting everyone down completely uh that was really impressive um down to the SEC, uh, we had that Bama-Tennessee game. We both kind of felt like Tennessee was just literally too banged up to do anything. Then they got even more banged up during that game, so that ended up kind of being a wash.
2: Yeah, I, I, I want to uh, apply a formal curse on whoever that Alabama guy was, that late hit Alvin Kamara out was, of bounds. That was so weak. Looks like he might have inj- like, uh, ended his season in the process. Very lame of you, whatever your name is. Um, but yeah, that, that game was kind of a joke.
1: Yeah, Jalen Hurts just sort of took over and, and let everyone know who's boss. Uh, we had that Arkansas game, very close win over Ole Miss. We weren't really sure how that one was going to shake out, uh, but we did have that one on replay in the office this afternoon. Uh, did any any one thing kind of
2: stand out to you from that one? Uh, well, I didn't quite uh, know of this until you pointed it out to me, but just how bad the Arkansas run defense is, and that could matter quite a lot against Auburn this week. But, yeah, I'm still I'm still just – Impressed with the uh, the Arkansas offense, yes. like Austin Allen, I guess is pretty much the same as his brother last year. And the, they have such great receivers like they really should have considered like a one year experiment with the air raid because they got maybe like four NFL receivers like I forgot Dominique Reed was even on that team. It was like <laughs> with, with this uh, Cornelius stepping up this year. It was easy to, to forget about him, but he's really good, and he's like fourth in line of for targets. Yeah,
1: it's un- unreal how deep they are, and and you know they're they're all like kind of just big, uh, quick receivers uh, that can definitely make plays down the field. And you like the running back core, uh, that true freshman Deborah
2: Wally, uh, the running backs just looks better pretty yeah. much every week. Raleigh Williams looked faster than I would have thought he would too. Yeah, like he, he had, had really kind of like plotting numbers last year, but this year he's looking pretty. Pretty good good numbers to show for it.
1: So definitely excited to see how that offense holds up against an Auburn defense that's been incredibly impressive to this point uh, this year. Uh, West Virginia coming down to Lubbock last weekend and, and really kind of putting it on Texas Tech. Uh, really impressive stuff from them. I mean, that, to only hold an offense like Texas Tech to... Ten points, I think it was. I mean, that's just kind of
2: unheard of. I think it was Shelton Gibson was saying like before the game, like I bet we can hold them to ten points. And every time a player says something like that, you got the people who are like, oh, why are you giving them bullets? And you know, (laughs) don't talk. Do it on the field. And you know, he was. Pretty much called the spread, basically. Yep, so, yeah. you nailed it. Um, so West Virginia's kind of
1: starting to emerge as as the team to beat in the Big Twelve now. I, I feel like this week, yeah, yeah. the the hype train is really building, and we've been driving the anti-Baylor hype train for quite some time now. So uh, whenever they whenever they meet up and clash uh, later on in the season, uh, that should be pretty interesting. I think that'll that'll kind of prove uh, who's boss in the Big Twelve. And then uh, Colorado got got like another strong win uh, to their resume. They beat Arizona State pretty soundly. I thought um, Safaiofau's back. I think that was sort of like the biggest takeaway from that one.
2: Yeah, Philip Lindsay had a huge game. Like I've, he's been a fine enough player, but like I, I couldn't believe that when I saw that total. Uh, the Arizona State defense is a mess. So yeah, uh, it, it's looking like Colorado is quite decent though, and, and I think it was right to go back to Luaiofau. He's 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 quite good. Yeah, it's really
1: it's going to be interesting to see kind of how the the su- southern portion of the Pac-12 shakes out because UCLA's been uh really disappointing uh USC got off to that rocky start. They had, you know, the loss at Utah. I mean, that wasn't a bad loss by any means. Utah's number nineteen in the country, but you know, it's still a, a loss in the division. And then Colorado goes ahead and loses to USC. So it's it's kind of a jumbled mess out there. We'll have to see how it shakes out. But getting into the in, into some of the, like the disappointments from last week, weekend, we were starting to think that Clemson had had started to flip the switch on. You know, having beaten Louisville uh and and having you know kind of throttled bc uh last week they sort of just laid an egg against uh, nc state and we're very fortunate to escape that with a win
2: yeah they seem to just get into weird scenarios with north carolina state like i remember last year it was i i'm pretty sure brissett got going against them and uh although a couple years before that they just clobbered north carolina state but either way i definitely didn't see that game going the way it did uh deshaun watson seems to have Taken a step back this year. Yes. Um, which is not what you expect from a guy coming uh, back a year and a half after an ACL tear, like playing on it last year. I don't know how you get worse with that extra off season to recover. But um, anyway, it's, it's, uh, Gallman's supposed to be back with that concussion this week, right? Yes. Yeah. He'll
1: have the bye week to recover. I think
2: oh, both, on a bye, right.
1: both Florida State and Clemson are on a bye before they meet up. And that's going to be, that's good. you know, one of the bigger. Uh, that's going to kind of dictate how the ACC really kind of shakes out, at least in that in that division.
2: Uh, yeah, they're, they're, the Clemson defense. I was I'll, that was the most surprising thing, I guess, is how how they gave up so much to like Matt Days and Jalen Samuels. I thought right. I thought those two were going to get shut down. But...
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely would have figured that that much. I mean, th- those guys are are very solid running backs and, and and options in that offense in their own rights. But you know, Clemson has kind of established itself as as one of the better run defenses around. So for them to get gashed like that, pretty uh, surprising. Uh, We'll have to see how the bye week treats them. Assuming Gallman is back, I think that's going to help that offense. But you know that Florida State game looming on the other side of the bye is is going to be crazy. We'll spend a lot of time on that next week. Um,
2: Speaking of elite run defenses, uh, is Vanderbilt one of those now?
1: Uh, appears to be. Okay. Um, they they seem to have to shut down uh, my beloved Georgia, Georgia Bulldogs to the point where they actually beat Georgia in Sanford Stadium. Uh, that we didn't have the game on in the office because. We don't get the SEC network for whatever reason, but yeah, I was following along the entire time, and it—I wasn't expecting us to blow them out. I think I said on the podcast last week. I thought the fourteen-point spread for the dogs was a bit rich for my blood, but right. uh, man, I—I I just can't I, believe how bad this Kirby Smart hire looks with each passing week.
2: Yeah, they gotta—they gotta send him packing. He's—he's he's a joker.
1: And then—and then on Monday, I, I wake up and and I. Read this headline that that Tom Herman had definite interest in the Georgia job last offseason. So that just made me feel even worse. Uh, So, yeah, the dogs, it's dark times for the dogs right now. Uh, You you can pretty much forget about them in the SEC East. Uh, They're not very fun to watch. Chubb Chubb is like fine, but he's not putting up the kind of numbers that he was last year before the injury or when he was a freshman. So they're just not a fun team to watch. I would advise against watching them personally uh, that florida game in two weeks is going to be one of like the biggest eyesores of of pretty much any power five game this year
2: looking forward to it
1: yeah we'll have it on um and then uh ucla uh we kind of touched on them a bit earlier they didn't have josh rosen so that obviously uh, changes things but uh
2: Dude, I love it so much how Jim Mora was just screaming at that kicker for like 15 minutes. Right? Like, dude, the the kicker is not why you're you're a failure right now. Like, you this is a serious projection.
1: It's yeah, no. It, it's uh they are just in absolute turmoil. I think you've said this before, but it seems like he just is sort of pushing the limits of what UCLA will, will like tolerate from him in a know as a like, as a ways is, to get out or something. Yeah,
2: like what what he was considered like one of the the I don't know, not best coaches, but it was like people didn't take him for like a hot seat scenario at all, but now it's like he's just doesn't care or something.
1: Yeah, that that definitely seems to be the case. And then there's the incident uh that, that Gabe Marks touched on in his uh his like little press conference yesterday. Great name. G- yeah. Great Mark Gabe Marks, great man. Great receiver, and oh, I thought you
2: were talking about. Uh, never mind. Yeah, he's, he's, he's yeah he's good too.
1: <laughs> but yeah, he pretty much took UCLA to task, and you know said that they're warm trying to warm up on their side of the field as a way to to act tough, uh, and that it was a way of being insecure because they wear powder blue and they go to school in a rich part of Los Angeles, and and it just makes them look like even bigger tryhards. I thought that was a really Pretty awesome takedown. Very honest, uh, coming from Gabe Marks. Uh, so really appreciated that one. But, uh, let's move on from last week. Let's get into this week's slate. We actually have a, you know, pretty good Thursday slate here this week. We got Virginia yeah. Tech hosting Miami. Virginia Tech six point favorites.
2: That's, that's a lot, I think. I, I like, I like VOT Tech to win that one. But, uh, I see, like, um, according to covers anyway, it looks like, um, like, 59% of the betting is on Miami in this scenario, but the, the line got bigger, which is weird. Like, it opened at hmm. four, got up to, to six for Virginia Tech, uh, so I, I don't know if that, that means like somebody put a ton of money on Virginia Tech early on, um, but most people are going for Miami. At six, I definitely would take the Miami side. I think
1: the reason the line might have jumped is it looks like Miami's pretty much going to be without their entire defensive line. Oh, that, So that that's her. a problem. Um I know Trayvon McMillan hasn't been as good as we were kind of hoping this year, uh, and he's a little bit banged up. Him? Himself- no, he's not. No, that that is a they're, they're just not. Gonna, about that. They don't use him anyway. Right?
2: It's something about Fuente. He just doesn't want to have a running back. Yeah.
1: Know? So Evans has almost as many carries as he does, and he's the quarterback. But you know, I think that that definitely spreads Miami's defense thin. If Virginia Tech wants to attack them uh, up front that way, I, I think that they should be able to. Um, I think the Virginia Tech wins this game because it's at home. Uh and they they're coming off a, a pretty head-scratching loss to to Syracuse last weekend.
2: Yeah, do you do you happen to see any of that? Do you know how it happened?
1: Uh not not especially actually.
2: Yeah, I was, I was it's not as if Fuentes never had to play against, you know, an up-tempo spread scheme like Syracuse, so that was just bizarre the, the the way they it wasn't close, you know. Like it was, yeah. it, was, it was kind of a big upset, a big magnitude of an upset. So uh babbers is doing a great job there yes. syracuse is, is certainly a fun team to watch even if they're kind of you know overachieving at the moment but yeah give them give them a year or two
1: absolutely and then uh we got we got a troy south alabama game uh troy eight point favorites on the road there troy's uh troy's gonna be more, I think. yeah they're, they're actually having quite a good season out of the sunbelt Uh, looking pretty potent on on offense in their own right and pretty solid on defense by Sunbelt standards. Uh, And then we got Boise State hosting BYU. Uh, Boise State seven point favorites. Uh, How are you leaning in this one?
2: So I would like Boise. Uh, you know they're at home. That that's makes them hard to beat in itself. But uh, they gave Jeremy McNichols like forty four touches from scrimmage in their last game, and it's mm. on a short week. And not to say Jamal, Jamal Williams had a huge workload too, but uh, that kind of that kind of worries me a little bit. Like if he's if he's anything less than full strength, like the BYU defense is good enough, I think to to m- slow down Boise, certainly make it closer than seven seven and a half it opened at. So yeah, I I would take BYU for the spread. Um, but it's, uh, on the other hand, like the Brigham or the BYU offense doesn't really have anything but Williams. So right. I can't really see them pulling away, even if they do manage to slow Boise state, who I would guess is going to be without Cedric Wilson. He didn't play last That's week. That's right. And it was a high ankle sprain and the, the uh, Harson was like, Oh, he's, he's, you know, going to be fine this week. Like a high ankle sprain is not a one week injury. So yeah, we'll see we've seen. You know,
1: if you've followed Leonard Fournette and LSU at all this year, or you know, if you're a Packers fan with the Eddie Lacy thing, like you know that a high ankle sprain uh, is not something you just come back from uh, after one week. Uh, so that that should be a pretty interesting game to watch. Uh, I'm kinda of torn because I think Boise State's just so tough at home. Yeah. Uh so I think they do win this one. That that seven points is like right at the right at the cusp for me.
2: Yeah, I'm at like four points, I think.
1: I think that I think that's a good way of putting it. Uh so kinda like BYU to cover there. Uh don't feel awesome about it because Boise State does have like that that sort of explosiveness, especially if McNichols is going at full steam ahead, even though, you know, like you said, he's he's been used a ton recently uh friday we got uh south florida at temple south florida seven point road favorites
2: this should be a good game i would not expect south florida to cover that being at temple um T- jihad thomas is red hot right now uh vental brine at receiver is good so I, I think they'll be able to make it closer than six uh six points so uh south florida though great teams it's just that uh temple i think can score points on on that south florida defense which is had more trouble against the run than the pass, so Thomas should be able to get going in that.
1: Yeah, I think that this is a situation where where that's a lot of points uh, on the road for for South Florida. So Temple Temple has been hitting their stride more so than they were earlier in the season. I thought they kind of started off slow after you know being pretty awesome last year, sort of one of the darlings of the Group of Five. Um, so I, I do feel like Temple should be able to make this one closer than seven points, uh, potentially pull off the upset. Yeah. I could I could see that happening especially if their defense you know is able to slow down uh the explosive plays that the South Florida has kind of been hanging their hat on a, a lot this year.
2: Yeah, that's a good that's a good upset call. I still I'll still go with South Florida, but yeah, these are two well-coached teams that are that are pretty talented and going on the road for South Florida makes them vulnerable.
1: All right, we got a couple of West Coast duds coming up next. Uh we got San Diego State hosting San Jose State. San Diego State uh projected to blow them out uh 23 and a half point home favorites. Seems like a lot, but it never really seems like a ton against San Jose State for me.
2: Yeah, they're they're weird. Uh, they've they've been dealing with some injuries, to be fair, and like they're without their best receiver for academic reasons. But they just don't seem good. And and San Diego State's shown some vulnerability lately. Uh, like I think Fresno covered against them uh, last week, which was, I think you called that. Uh, well, I didn't call it being seventeen. I thought it would be like uh thirty-one to. 20 or something like that but not 17 to 3 mm-hmm. um but yeah it's it's a it's a it's a setting that San Diego State should just make an into a laugh or Donald Pumphrey should go wild in that
1: yeah that that's a big thing I you know he he's he's a guy that's gonna be able to to Tear off so many long runs, and San Diego State's defense, I think, should be able to suffocate uh, San Jose State's offense. Even though San Diego State's defense isn't quite like as awesome as it was last year, I think it's, it's still going to yeah, still
2: pretty, pretty good. Oh, the or San Diego pretty, State, yeah, it's, that that one's good. Uh, sorry, yeah, the, the San Jose State though is is like one of the worst. So right. yeah, uh, should should be giving up like. 35 plus in that
1: yeah I would imagine so and with that I I think I do like San Diego State to cover and then uh, we got a couple of Pac-12 teams that have underwhelmed a little bit Uh, they're both coming off of bye weeks to get healthy or to figure out what, it, what the heck they're actually doing in the case of Oregon. Yeah. You know, I think they might still you know, be seeing stars after what happened to them at Autzen, uh two Saturdays ago against Washington. But California is going to be hosting them. Uh, Three-point favorites for Cal. Uh, do we know what's, what's going on with Chad Hansen and uh, Davis Webb?
2: Uh, I, I don't actually know. I know Webb had the hand injury last week that that affected him in a big way with a with an over under of eighty seven and a half. <laughs> you would think the intel on this one is is saying they're both ready to go. Uh, gonna have to monitor them monitor them both certainly. Uh, but yeah, I I. I have no idea which side to take in this. I mean, if Webb, it's still hurt, if if, Han- if Hanson especially is hurt, I think. It looks uh, like
1: he's expected to play, luckily, so okay, cool. they should be pretty much at, at full speed.
2: But yeah, I, I guess this game could be close, if only because I would imagine the California defense can't slow Royce Freeman at all. Right. So if, if Oregon can somewhat dictate the flow of the game through him and the other the other running backs, too, for, for that matter, uh, that would be how how Oregon stays in it, but I don't think they can score at the rate of California, generally speaking. So, uh, yeah, 70% of the money on on Cal minus three, which... I would not have foreseen at all, even even like three weeks ago, right? But uh, yeah, Oregon just—I uh, I really don't think Helfrich knows what he's doing, and at some point, the players are going to stop buying in. It seems like you know, Pharaoh Brown said something to that effect last week, and he, he didn't—he
1: didn't necessarily like backtrack off of it. He more clarified it during the week, but he—you know—he was just like. Like I'm not gonna run through a wall for Coach Helfrich. Like he said that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Um, so and then he, you know, he went on to say that like he respects Coach Helfrich and respects the process and all that. respects that he's, you know, the, the man in charge. But uh, it just seems like Oregon's players are, are a little bit shiftless right now. I think I, I've seen some comments from like their seniors kind of saying that they're like their younger players have come in expecting. All this and that, and it's really not coming to fruition. They're, they're sort of it's being all a little these, lackadaisical.
2: It, It's all these these new phones and participation trophies. Like uh, Gundy, yeah, these, yeah, him, him too. Uh, but yeah, the, Oregon's got problems. Like even even if even if the new players or whatever were fully buying in, it's like. Helfrich is just getting outsmarted left and right. That's true. So I, I'm with the public here. I think I think Cal uh, should be able to cover this as long as Webb is okay and Hanson is yep. okay. Yeah, there's no reason to think that uh, Oregon with its. Uh, quarterback nonsense wouldn't you know fall behind by one possession or two exactly and you know I, I really have my doubts about herbert
1: being able to to really get that offense in gear in his second start even if it is against the california defense that uh, is is pretty much just swiss cheese um so that does it for the weekday games uh saturday we got a couple of group of five games of interest uh, we got some action here starting off toledo hosting central michigan toledo 10.5 point favorites
2: Yeah, that's a lot of points, but uh, Toledo does have a lot of firepower on offense. Uh, Logan Woodside's has been just spectacular coming off the redshirt year. Um, It's Kareem Hunt at running back, but they got two guys, at least otherwise, that are quite good. Cody Thompson's been just spectacular going back to last year. Uh, the, what's the what's the other one's name? John via something. Oh, uh, he he's he's shown some major upside, and, and Corey Jones is still a good underneath route target. So Central Michigan's defense yeah, is John pretty good. Yeah, the the Central Michigan defense is pretty good, especially by MAC standards. But I don't think there are many. I mean BYU is a much better defense than Central Michigan, and they let toledo go for what like 45 53. 53 okay um yeah that's a lot uh toledo toledo is just one of the best offenses in the country but 10 and a half points is a lot if only because central michigan does have a senior quarterback fourth year starter uh, uh, Corey willis has been great this year so they they might be able to score enough to just kind of keep a, a respectable pace but yeah, Toledo. I, I would imagine wins this by like at least I don't know seven.
1: Yeah, I, my concern is is Central Michigan's uh, just running out of firepower a little bit. Um yeah. you know they're coming off like a, a, a overtime, a bizarre overtime win over NIU last weekend that was on SVP's uh, like bad beat segment. It was like one of the all time. Uh, if you had the under, you were like totally set. And then there was just like a zillion points in the last four minutes and overtime to, to push it, uh, past the, past the over under. Um, but, yeah, Central Michigan. That they're just they're without a couple of their key contributors from last season on offense, and I think that definitely hurts their upside uh, for this one. I mean, Toledo doesn't have like a great. They're they're about a wash. Uh, Central Michigan and Toledo's defenses. Central Michigan's a little bit more opportunistic. Uh, they have ten interceptions, which is the most in the MAC, holding their opponents to six point two yards per attempt. But, you know but on the same on the same token you know Woodside has been pretty much unstoppable whoever he's faced uh 24 to 4 touchdown interception ratio that's uh pretty insane so 11 it, yards per pass jeez um so this really comes down to can can central michigan keep up keep pace with, with toledo and and uh, on the offensive side of the ball and can their defense you know hold toledo to under 35 points which I, i'm not sure has been done yet this season
2: right oh uh, man i just noticed uh, michael roberts their tight end is already up to nine touchdowns in six games after catching three last week uh, so, so not yeah bad. That, that's another that's another guy that central michigan has to deal with yeah so with with all that in mind uh i, I
1: Man, eleven points. I think I, I think I like Central
2: Michigan to cover, but I don't feel great about it. Right. No. I, the only reason I'm considering Central Michigan to cover is because of basically Cooper Rush. Like, yeah. I mean, he's he's not great. He's he's more, he's a player who's productive because he has a ton of experience and you know the system he knows very well at this point. But uh, it's it's just hard to imagine him with all the experience that he has not being able to put something up on Toledo. I don't know. That's it. Yeah, that's how
1: I feel, too. And, you know, Central Michigan got got beat pretty good by like Western Michigan. But Western Michigan is, again, like a notch ahead of Toledo as far as the MAC is concerned. Better defense, at least. Yes, absolutely. Um, So then moving on, uh, we got Memphis one and a half point favorites at Navy. Navy obviously coming off a bye week and then they, they had the crazy upset win over Houston. Uh, how what's your read on this one here
2: i never know how to approach these these military schools but especially navy but i i i think i would have to take navy in this one just because i'm not convinced memphis has a balanced attack really and anthony miller's been kind of nicked up the last few weeks Mm -hmm. uh they're they're pass defense has been better than their run defense but that doesn't help you against navy obviously right so I, I i kind of and i'm kind of thinking like riley ferguson just isn't that great or at least like the offense their new scheme for from norvell is not fully polished yet uh they've they've had they've had a good uh record so far but they've had some uneven performances week to week i'm not convinced they have their identity down quite right so uh going against navy i mean they have their identity down and they're it's it's amazing how good they are, like how effective they are. Yeah. Uh, taking you know only guys who who have to like you know swear to military service because like man, they, 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 if you gave Navy like other recruits, was like what would those coaches? I don't know. It's crazy that they that they're just so dangerous. Being a team like Houston, that yeah, that was one of the more unbelievable games
1: that I've seen this season. Uh, I do think that Navy should be able to uh, to beat Memphis this one straight up. Uh, you know, I think at home. Uh, going again, and, and they're coming off a buy. I think that definitely helps them a lot, especially coming off like such a huge emotional win. It kind of like limits the potential of like a, a true letdown, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah. So I think that Navy should be able to come out on top here. Uh, we got one more from that conference. Uh, we got Cincinnati playing host to East Carolina. Uh, Cincinnati's two point favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, East, <laughs> but I mean, I think you and I
2: uh, both just don't trust Senor Tuberville at all. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Cincinnati's good at all. Whereas, like I know East Carolina's had a rough couple weeks, but I mean they've been hurt. They've played a, a tough schedule. Yep, they're not catching anybody by surprise anymore. But if, if Philip Nelson is healthy, I I don't know. I I just feel like uh, Scotty Montgomery is a is a much more promising coach, and and Cincinnati. What have they done exactly? Like I, their their running game is a mess. Like Tian Green and Mike Boone have both been literally half as good as yep, they've been in the giant past. Like, regression. They're, they're, yeah, like their offensive line isn't good. The quarterback position is gross. Uh, they they got a couple decent receivers, but they're basically like not. They don't have the personnel they need to run that scheme. I don't know if 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 Philip Nelson is okay. I, I'll take East Carolina on that one. Yeah, I think I think that's that's definitely going to be
1: the key. How how healthy Nelson is, because um, they don't want Gardner Minshew in there for you know a full game. <laughs> really, I just said that just to say Gardner Minshew. Yeah, I like that name. <laughs> it's, it's pretty awesome. Uh, but Cincinnati, uh, they they're just they're they're weak in all the in all the spots that they used to be. You know, pretty promising in. You know that offense was really explosive last year. I thought, and this year. It just seems like a like a total mess, and they they can definitely it be lost vulnerable. To Connecticut, yeah, like, come, come on, on now, dude. And you know, Zay Jones is going to get uh, roughly 40 like catches. Yep, 40. I think I think that's that's like a pretty conservative estimate, frankly. But yeah, it's it's uh, it's one where I I could see East Carolina going up there. Um, I'm a little bit worried about their defense, but. I, I think that they can definitely at least give Cincinnati a game. I, I'm not sure that they win outright just because, you know, Cincinnati's at home. Probably have like a little bit more talent across the board. Um, I know I was just trashing them like a second ago, but uh, do, I, do I think that Cincinnati covers? I mean, that, that's like such a narrow spread to say no would just be saying that East Carolina's going to win. Right. I still think Cincinnati wins. Fair enough. I just I feel icky.
2: Fair enough, yeah, I I don't feel confident about it either way, but I just just think Cincinnati's bad, (laughs) that's all.
1: Yes, pretty much, bottom line, Cincinnati, bad, but maybe just not bad enough this weekend at home. Now, before we get into some of our rapid-fire picks, we have a message for you guys uh, from our friends at Wix.com. Need a website? Why not do it yourself with Wix.com? No matter what business you're in, Wix.com has something for you. Used by more than 84 million people worldwide, Wix.com makes it easy for you to get your website live today. You need to get the word out about your business. It all starts with a stunning website. With hundreds of designer-made, customizable templates to choose from, the drag-and-drop editor, there is no coding needed. You don't need to be a programmer or designer to create something beautiful. You can do it yourself with Wix.com. Wix.com empowers business owners to create their own professional websites every day. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy, too busy. Too busy worrying about your budget, too busy scheduling appointments, too busy to build a website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy. And that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy and free. Go to WIX.com to create your own website today. The result is stunning. All right, hopping into our rapid-fire picks here. You know, we're just going to kind of gloss over what we think is going to happen here. Um, A little bit of knee-jerk reaction time. Uh, We got Louisville at home coming off of sort of a weird, uh, like, what are you guys doing exactly, Uh, game against Duke last Friday night. They're
2: they're playing NC State at home, 19.5-point favorites. That's a lot. This sounds familiar. It was this last week that <laughs> NC State had, had a 19 point spread against uh, ACC juggernaut? Um,
1: this is Groundhog Day, actually. This is actually last Wednesday
2: again. Yeah, I really don't want to pick against Louisville in any particular way, spread or otherwise. Um, but 19 and a half is a lot. Their their defense hasn't been as good lately. I mean, Deshaun Watson will skew the averages, but sure. uh, I. You can't really take them for nineteen and a half, even though it just feels like a, a lose lose going against them that way.
1: Yeah, I my, I'm leaning the same way. The only ways that I that I see see it going the other ways, like I, I could see this get going sideways on us in a hurry. Is if Louisville feels uh, inclined to to come back and just really uh, sort of set the tone again after la- you know last week. You know Lamar Jackson's still at everyone's uh, like top of Heisman list, and he should be but maybe they want to get another like kind of statement beat yeah, down they'll be,
2: here. They'll be concerned with optics after getting what, what they won by like 10 points against. Yeah. Dude. It was just 24 ugly. to 14 as
1: yeah. Um, but, and then NC state, you worry that, you know, maybe they sort of built, burnt all their matches. Uh, yeah. Take, taking Clemson to the wire, but in the, in the end, i still think that NC state's respectable enough to keep this one, you know, under three scores here. So i still
2: got I, days in Samuels. Yes, they do.
1: And they have a, decent defense i think i mean it's not terrible i don't know um but yeah i think i think both of us like the Wolfpack to cover that spread i think it's a little too big um kansas state hosting texas kansas state two and a half point favorites
2: uh that's weird um yeah kansas state do we know is, is Ertz out and they're back to Hubner these days it looks
1: like it, they're gonna they're gonna be testing out Ertz
2: throughout the week but uh, i could i could see huber taking it over I think I'd have to take uh, Texas in this one. Their their defense, I have no faith in it at all. But it's just that I I more so have have a good amount of faith that De- Deontay Foreman is close to matchup proof these days, and and Buchel is still pretty promising. I, I I think those two can pretty much lead them to victory because I, I don't think they'll need to score that much to get ahead of Kansas State.
1: Yeah, that's the key. That you know, like their their defense is going to be a, an issue for the whole season, but. Kansas State's one of those few offenses in the Big 12 where they're probably still not going to put up a ton of points against the Big 12. Right. As long as
2: the the Longhorns don't let the Kansas State defense give them problems, then I I think they should be able to win by like, I don't know, as much as like a touchdown.
1: Yeah, I I think we're on the same page. there. both like the Longhorns. Um, Here's a line that was sort of confusing to me impossible
2: um, to set this one yeah
1: i i don't understand i mean these two teams are, are just polar opposites in every possible way this is boston college four and a half point favorites at home against the syracuse team that's coming off a huge upset win over virginia tech
2: yeah and their defense is not good syracuse's uh boston colleges is quite good but i think it might just be the case that the the syracuse offense is is doing so well right now that uh they could they could just their nature would bring out the worst of the Boston College side. Like all it would take is like one touchdown for Syracuse and and the Boston College's offense it basically can't function without a lead. So and besides they've they've given up ten touchdowns to just two interceptions. So uh, they're gonna have to improve on that against Syracuse or else the Syracuse could get up by like. I don't know, fourteen points.
1: Yeah, like Boston College definitely still has a respectable defense, but it's not like the elite, like I need to I need to avoid this matchup uh this week type type of defense uh from last year. So I, I think that Syracuse will be able to move the ball on them a little bit more than I would have said, you know, last year. Um
2: after what they did to Virginia Tech, it's just I, I can't I can't get so scared of Boston College. No. So
1: absolutely not, because Virginia Tech quantifiably does have a better defense than, than B.C. does this year. So I think that Syracuse uh, and they don't have like like the built up cachet to really like have like a letdown game here. So I think this is this is one of the games when I was looking at their schedule uh, to start the year that, you know, are they going to get to that four win total? Uh, I circled this as a win and I mean to stick with that. I think Syracuse gets this one.
2: Yeah. Was it was was, was four, uh what they needed to get to or five? Maybe was it four and a half? Maybe yeah, I can't. I thought it was... anyway. Uh, yeah, they have to win either this one or a road game against uh, what is it, Pittsburgh? Because they're not winning in their home games against you know, uh, I can't remember. But I'm I'm assuming it was like Florida State and and Clemson or somebody that they got to face. They otherwise. do. They
1: do have Clemson and Florida State and NC State uh, okay. still. Oh, is uh, NC State on the road? Uh, that's at home. Okay. And well, I guess
2: they could win that one.
1: Florida State is at home as well, and then at but yeah, at they're, 10 they're, the their best
2: bets to win are unfortunately on the road. So. Yeah,
1: that, that's tough. But I, I, I'm I still in like favor. the chances
2: because just Dino Dino's for real, and they do have talent that fits his approach.
1: Absolutely. Um, you're we're we're gonna get back to the Big Twelve. We're gonna get back to West Virginia here. Uh, they're they're hosting TCU. Uh, six point favorites. I'll
2: take West Virginia to cover that easy. I'm actually pretty worried this could be a meltdown game for Kenny Hill.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm worried too. Uh, his his. Uh He's botched so many favorable settings, yes. and this
2: is a highly hostile, unfavorable. They one.
1: barely, barely escaped at the win in Kansas the other week. I mean, so yeah, that, and he's
2: had slow starts in pretty much every game, and and it's like if you start slow against West Virginia, you're just going to get buried. Like yeah, slow start against them constitutes like a defensive touchdown, and like the TCU defense can't stop West Virginia. That's
1: a, that's the big key. So West Virginia's going to be able to score points. TCU is just not. So that that's a pretty much a no brainer to me as well. Um, <clears throat> Josh Rosen just got cleared to play today. <clears throat> Excuse me. And like the line uh was off the board and now it's UCLA 7 point favorites uh hosting Utah.
2: I guess this is supposed to be because uh I mean Utah had had lost to uh, California and they beat Oregon State by just 5 last right. week. Um, but it was on the road and I, th- I feel the, like
1: the wind was insane there it was like oh, in the okay. 50s or something like that no uh, one could, like it set. I mean if you looked at the box score alone you would have thought that that game set football back like a, a hundred years from from the passing numbers alone
2: yeah and uh weird weird story of Joe Williams coming out of a, a one month hiatus from football and, mm-hmm. and taking uh 37 35 carries or something in his first game back it's like wow this. uh this guy apparently was working out, yeah, uh, and and doing uh, sprints and stuff the it's past like month. The
1: parachute thing on the back, yeah. Cool. Like I
2: tried to, like I tried to play uh, in the roto wire uh, basketball thing, like when when Tim was here, like a couple of months ago or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I I a tripped on literally my first like back pedal down the court, and then b <laughs> it's like I was so drained wind wise, like immediately. I, I can't imagine sitting out a month. And and not going through, like, football like college football-level practices and then just stepping back into that kind of setting and taking that kind of workload and doing well with it.
1: Yeah, that was really impressive. So <clears throat> I think Utah – I think – basically, I think UCLA is is really kind of circling the drain right now, their season. Uh, They'll get out-coached in this, too. Yes, they absolutely will. And they're going to get punched in the mouth – uh, by that by that Utah defense so I, I feel like Utah is going to cover this I'm, I'm not so sure that Utah won't even win this one outright
2: right what would be helpful to know ahead of time also is whether the receiver Tim Patrick is finally going to play because uh Whittingham said like the last two weeks he was going to and yeah and he he's like didn't. warmed up too I think a yeah of both times. times so uh he if, if he's on the field that changes things a lot he's he t- took a big step forward in his development this year and having him I I would if he's, if he's in, I would probably pick Utah to win, and even if he's not, I, I might do the same.
1: Yeah, I think, I think we're in agreement there. Just not in on UCLA right now. Um, let's see. A couple of... I mean, this is pretty much just to humor me.
2: Um, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Maryland,
1: two-point favorites at home against Michigan State.
2: I gotta take Michigan State. I don't know. They're a mess, obviously, but Maryland, even if they have hills, I, I, I don't know if, if uh, they, they won't have just... A liability on offense
1: i think that I think that Maryland can win this one actually i think yeah. I think uh Hill's being back is huge, uh provided that that happens you'll need to watch that before uh you know putting any sort of uh, coinage on this one but uh, I really feel like last week uh the the freshman Tyrell uh, pigromi he just wasn't ready and it it threw off the entire offense he took twenty five of the 36 Maryland uh, rushing attempts. And, you know, when you have guys work. like Ty Johnson and Lorenzo Harrison back there, guys that are averaging over seven yards a carry, that just makes absolutely no sense. So they kind of shot themselves in the foot there. Uh, Michigan State, uh, they they keep on a downward trajectory as well. Both these teams need a win in the worst possible way. Uh, maybe Michigan State just, like, it,
2: it, is a little, just is out, is able to outclass Maryland here, but yeah, I, I'm just I'm banking on a reversion to type, I guess, mm-hmm. because this is so out of the norm for Dantonio teams.
1: Yeah, and they they have their own quarterback issues. They're they're not really sure uh, if they're going to start uh, Brian Lewerke again or if they're going to go back to Tyler O'Connor, who had like he came off the bench last week and had his best game ever, pretty much.
2: Yeah, so <laughs> it's messy, but yeah, uh, I'll 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 take Michigan State, I guess. You fair you enough, got Maryland. Um, yeah. This next game, Washington state seven and a half on the road to Arizona state. I feel like I got to go Washington state there. Me too. Uh, their, their defense is so much better than Arizona state's that I, I'm actually thinking they they might be able to put uh, two scores in the, in, in the, in the margin there
1: in, and Arizona state, you know, their, their defense is so, you know, like comically bad. Yes, exactly. So you know when you have Luke Falk a very efficient quarterback uh throwing 50 plus passes against you like he's going to they're going to have so much total yards by the end of this game it's going to be just like mind boggling so i think Washington State wins this one pretty handily even though it's on the road uh moving on to some of the bigger games of the week uh starting us off uh with probably the biggest one uh Alabama hosting Texas A&M uh, A&M, I believe, is ranked number six in the country, mind you. Uh, but Alabama, nineteen-point favorites.
2: I'll take A&M to cover that. Uh, certainly lose, but I'll take them to cover that because uh, I don't know. We've we've seen this Alabama defense show its its uh, vulnerability against a true dual threat quarterback like uh, specifically Knight, like at yeah, Oklahoma. He, he did it to beat him. them in the bowl game. That's a why they years got him back. Um, but, yeah, I think AM has a ton of uh, skill position talent around him. So 19 points I just don't see occurring, especially because I think a um, and pass defense is pretty decent. and yes. A freshman quarterback, like, hurts. I don't think Alabama is going to be in, like, jugger- juggernaut mode in this one. I think it's going to be, like, a 14-point win or maybe even more like, you know, seven to ten
1: if things were if things were reversed and and Bama was playing A&M last week coming off of that crazy A&M win over Tennessee then I might you know think that that 19 points is is more uh within reach but you know, A&M's coming off a bye. They're getting healthier. Uh, Miles Garrett should be healthier. Um, so, so that's huge. I mean, that that slows the run game at least a little bit for Alabama, and it it, it helps contain Jalen Hurts, uh, you know, when he wants to break outside the pocket and, you know, do what he did against Tennessee last week when he pretty much single-handedly, like, won the game by himself uh, alone just by his running. Um, and, and like you said, A&M's pass defense is, is – superior to Tennessees, it's healthier. Uh they, they are able to generate good pass rush up front. So I think that Hertz might might uh show like some freshman tendencies in this one. I think Bama might make a few mistakes and when, whenever they do that uh and if AM is able to stay mistake free then they'll be able to keep it close and I think A&M should be able to do that someone obviously somehow knows how to coach against Nick Saban even if it is in Tuscaloosa so I think this is a really close game actually I think this is uh one that Bama definitely sweats out
2: uh do you do you think like 7 points then or something like that yes okay yeah, I I basically see it the same way. I'm thinking like ten to to twelve or fourteen, but it could if it, all it takes is like if, if Hertz throws two interceptions, then yeah, it's down to like a seven point spread. Yeah. Either way, nineteen, no way. I'll take A and M for that.
1: No, that's that's just way too much. I respect A and M too much for that. Um, another SEC showdown here uh, in the West. Uh, we got Auburn minus ten hosting Arkansas. Auburn coming off the bye. Arkansas coming off an emotional win uh, over Ole Miss. How do you see this one shaking out?
2: Well, as you pointed out, uh, Arkansas's run defense has been insanely bad so far this year. And Auburn, even if Kerry and Johnson isn't available, Petway would be able to capitalize on that. But it's yes. quite plausible they'll have both of them. So I I can, I would not be able to pick against Auburn. But 10 points I feel like is a lot for a team that can only score on the ground, particularly when they're going against uh, an Arkansas team that has what I think might be the best four deep at receiver in the country. So I just don't see many teams in general getting 10-point leads on Arkansas even uh, you know the run game will, is the run defense can let other teams put a stranglehold on them with a lead but I don't right. see them generating that big of one to begin with.
1: Okay, that that's a really good way of looking at it because you know coming into this I thought that you know, Auburn, Auburn, and I still think that Auburn is going to be able to run absolutely all over them. I mean, Petway showed that, you know, he can carry the load in Johnson's absence. He had like 39 carries against uh, Mississippi State and scored an irresponsible amount of touchdowns in that game. Uh, If they get Johnson back, you, you know, even better, but they don't have a running quarterback. And the running quarterback is sort of one of the things that have given Arkansas the trouble. And like, I think that's helped lead to that, like, kind of Gaudy 5.57 yards allowed per carry because Trevor Knight uh, was able to gash them, and then Jalen Hurts ran for two touchdowns against them. But you know, like you said, that Arkansas offense is so explosive to where it's it is hard to get up by ten, especially a, a team like Auburn and, and like build on that. So you know, at first I thought that 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 Auburn was going to be able to get this, but I think your points on, on Arkansas's uh, offense uh even if auburn's defense is really good i still think that arkansas should be able to keep this uh within 10 so i'm with you there
2: but yeah auburn's defense hasn't is it's been a bend don't break thing they haven't really disrupted much don't create many turnovers i feel like they, that would have to not be the case in this game to put 10 and keep 10 on on arkansas right um let's see we got a big 10 game here um we got ohio state
1: Another tough road game at night, uh, going down to Penn State. Obviously, not as tough as going to Wisconsin, as evidenced in the spread. Ohio State nineteen and a half point road favorites, Um, but they're they're looking to I think like set like the record, the Big Ten record for road wins in a row, or maybe the active record, I forget which. But uh, yeah, so Ohio State going to Penn State. How do you see it shaking out?
2: Well, that's a ton of points, especially as you were alluding to night game. But they, it's like they've been so good against the spread under Urban Meyer. Like, they didn't get it last week. It's like almost that alone is enough for me to be like, yeah, they'll cover. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, Penn State's not going to move the ball much on Ohio State. The only way it could be close is if, uh, you know, Saquon goes uh, heroic in it. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if – I don't really see it happening because I – I just think Ohio State is that good. And in the meantime, I can see Ohio State scoring quickly enough that Penn State will have to abandon the run to some extent. Yep. So I'd, I would go with Ohio State to cover it, even though that's a huge spread.
1: Yeah, I think Ohio State's like kind of due for a bounce back. And you know, Penn State's defense is going to give them a lot
2: more room to breathe uh, than Wisconsin's did. Yeah, like Wisconsin, I think it could be – a top five team like I it think seems that seems like good it. yeah like uh, like ohio state obviously better but uh that that's that's how good wisconsin is and penn state they're, they're not close to that their pass defense has been okay this year but they've been uh, they've been terrible against the run and that's not going to fly against ohio state no
1: because they have three guys with three different skill sets they can torch you they can go with jt barrett the design runs they can go mike weber the more traditional router they can go Kur- curtis samuel and you know he's going to reel off nine yards per carry Pretty easily, yeah. Um, and also, Penn State, you know, if they didn't have a guy like Saquon Barkley, uh, I don't think that they'd be effective at all in the run game. I think that offensive line is pretty pitiful still. So I think Ohio State's defensive front is going to be able to eat turnovers. Yep. So I could see some strip sacks going on from Joey Bose's clone. They say he's his brother. I think it's his clone. Um, so you know, I th- think it is him yeah it it seriously might be two times a week (laughs) yeah i mean just keeping in shape bro so yeah i think ohio state uh should be able to to win this one pretty handily i i'll i'll lean with you there and go that ohio state takes a spread uh colorado going to stanford we were you know just talking about how impressed we are we are with colorado and we've talked about how disappointed we are with stanford and yet stanford is still two and a half point favorites
2: Yeah, that's probably just because they surprised against Notre Dame, and I didn't get to watch that game, so I don't know how Deshaun Kaiser failed so spectacularly. I I thought he was just above that, almost regardless of who he would play. Uh, Anyway, Stanford, if they have Christian McCaffrey, I would assume that spread is assuming as much. That obviously changes things relative to last week, but I just think Colorado is for real, and I think they're going to be better coached than Stanford and I'm not convinced that there's any talent gap between the two if if there is one I don't think it's big uh, yeah Colorado has a lot of good uh, talented skill position guys on offense and their defense appears to be their best in probably like 10 years or something so I like Leo Fow, and uh, he's he's a senior quarterback so I, I think being on the road won't won't shake them too much if I've learned one thing from the
1: 2016 season uh, don't get hung up on teams that beat notre dame okay that's just yeah it seems like a hard and fast rule we all fell in love with texas we all thought michigan state texas might be fine is good now yeah they're back man 18 wheeler let her rip uh <laughs> No, oh my God, no! Uh, no this is this is all Brian Kelly. Yeah, their, <laughs> their coach almost got fired like three weeks after that. So uh, I I take pretty much nothing from Stanford beating Notre Dame, even though they didn't have McCaffrey. I think Colorado should be able. And Colorado just has so much momentum right now. They're having such a like an awesome season uh, compared to what we've seen from them for like the last ten years plus. Yeah. So I think I think you know obviously on the road uh definitely makes things a little trickier but like you said leah foul is a pretty experienced guy senior quarterback been the starter for a bit uh i think colorado should be able to, to pull this off pull off the cover at least um Wisconsin, we'll him
2: to win right yeah yeah let's do it
1: lock it up um let's see uh kind of rounding us out for the big games this weekend uh uh, I guess we could, we'll touch on LSU, Ole Miss in a second, but uh, Wisconsin only getting three and a half points as favorites uh, at LA, at Iowa. Sorry.
2: Yeah, they're probably pretty beat up and tired, but it's not like it's a short week or anything. And in the meantime, I'm fully convinced of Wisconsin's preparation, in game management, uh, just general game planning. Kirk Ferentz is a steady coach, but we've seen from Wisconsin's coaches this year is well above that. They've been yes. they've been borderline brilliant. So uh Wisconsin's just the way better team I think and the road isn't enough for me to get scared of that
1: no I, I completely agree I think you know Wisconsin really is like a, a top five team when it when it comes down to it or close to it um, whereas Iowa they've been a little bit Jekyll and Hyde uh, they don't like basically they're not going to be able to throw the ball at all because they're you know, George Kittle, one of their best offensive weapons. Oh, that's right. He's yeah. banged up. Matt Vandenberg, who was like the only receiver on the outside that was catching passes, broke his foot. He's done for the year. So, you know, do you really think that Riley McCarron's going to be able to to you know stretch out Wisconsin's defense? I don't. And then I don't think that anyone can run on Wisconsin's defense. So, yeah, that's going to be an issue. I don't think I was going to score more than like ten points. Wisconsin's too physical on offense, and if they're if they're doing more of those PV end arounds and, and getting the ball in space to people and, you know, uh, staying away from Desmond King as much as humanly possible. I think that Wisconsin should be able to win this one pretty comfortably and kind of atone from last year's loss at home.
2: Yeah, 14 to 10 will do the trick for the spread, but I see it more like uh, 21 to 10.
1: Yes, I think that's a good way of putting it. Um, and then uh, we got the LSU Ole Miss game. I believe that is at LSU. Uh, do you have any read on that one?
2: Not really. I. I... Don't know We're what getting to make if, net back. Yeah, I don't know what to make of uh, LSU's recent results. They've been very impressive, but it's hard to tell if it's like this is a you know they're burning too hot to to keep going that way. Like if they're they're just you know they're they're going berserk under the, the you know the thrill of playing for this <laughs> new coach that I much prefer to the past one. Sure. Um But yeah, I just I don't see Mississippi really losing to them when they have the the passing game advantage that they do uh, as long as. Kelly, as long as kelly doesn't choke i i just feel like the 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 passing game contrast between the two is enough to at least get like i don't know maybe lsu in a position where etling you know has to actually do something and coughs up a couple costly turnovers yeah
1: the the idea of having etling uh with the game on the line if you're an LSU fan has to uh have you a little bit uh, scared Bro, maybe a little nauseous
2: why am I talking about Mississippi winning when it's a 6 point spread I'll just I'll just say Mississippi to cover and, and leave the rest alone.
1: Yep 100% I I don't think that LSU's going to going to blow them away by any bit the impressive Ole Miss Rebels 3 and 3 still ranked number 23 in the country Um hmm. let's see let, let's get into a little bit of season long discussion before we wrap it up here uh let's see. Um uh, what kind of stands out to you this week matchup wise?
2: Uh so so going going way under the radar actually, uh Monroe is out without their starting quarterback Garrett Smith the rest of the year, and that's that's a team that plays a lot of bad teams in the Sun Belt and even even though they're awful, they somehow get a lot of garbage stats. And at the quarterback position, there's there's a lot of volume both as a passer and a runner. So Will Collins is the backup who's stepping in there. They get New, New Mexico this week uh collins showed a little bit last week off the bench for for, uh for smith they ended up putting 40 points up on texas state which means they they probably can approach 31 or something like that against new mexico so that's that's way off the radar though yeah well (laughs) um yeah so the i just remembered that seeing that garrett smith thing out and i I made sure not to forget that because as it would be so easy to so um but yeah otherwise uh I don't I don't know what what people are looking at in leagues in terms of like what's usually available and what usually isn't, but uh, if Joe Mixon is somehow out there, like he's the top running back play this week against Texas Tech, in my opinion, with with Pirine out, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, that's 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 something that if you handcuffed him, it's like you hit the lottery, um, and yeah. if he's out there somehow in your league, go get him, start him over whoever you have. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
1: Um, let's see. Last week I was able to, to snag Carlos Henderson off the waiver wire oh, and, God.
2: uh, he's going so berserk. Right yeah.
1: Here. He's, he's, he pretty much has like the best numbers, uh, in, in a, several categories in the country. I think he's tied, uh, with forget who he's tied with for, for the national lead in in touchdowns uh he's just he's just on an absolute tear he's right always now He's has been a
2: good player and an extremely explosive one but it's like he never got the targets before the last two weeks and they they gave him like all the targets he could handle and like the efficiency seemed to just get better with every target yeah it's, it's like insane they're just, they're, he's actually for real
1: yep he's got a six point gap between himself and his teammate trent taylor for the lead and yards per game at 147.3 and he's doing that on seven catches a game so that means he's averaging 21 yards per catch he's got 10 touchdowns that ties in with Corey Davis, who we both think extremely high of. Uh, so if he's somehow out there, or either of those uh, Louisiana Tech guys, uh, please, for the love of God, go get them. And then uh, I said last week that Jalen Robinette, Robinette was was an interesting play. You he's know, been he, hot he, for
2: about a month now. Yep.
1: So he, he went absolutely off last week. He set season highs pretty much across the board. Uh, obviously, Air Force doesn't throw it a lot, but when they do, they pretty much throw it exclusively to him. So if he's out there, he's he's definitely uh, someone to consider. Uh, you know, if you, if you got some of your more stud or traditional uh, receivers on a bye.
2: Yeah, and uh, yeah, he's that's a good call. He was slow to start the year, but he got hot lately. Another guy who started slow but is getting a bit hot uh michael gallup at colorado state is an interesting receiver i think um, he was a pretty well-ranked junior college transfer uh was hurt in the fall so i think that might have attributed to the, his slow start but uh it's been very good the last uh, f- four or five games and he goes against unlv who's who's uh not a pushover by mountain west pass defense standards but i think gallup has demonstrated the talent level to keep going he's more of a, a limited ceiling type though because colorado state's passing game in general is pretty awful uh Otherwise, like if, if, um, if Westercamp is out, which I think he is this week, uh, do we know if Alonzo Moore is supposed to be back for I mean, Nebraska? He, he played. He got one target last oh, week. Oh, okay. uh, Went without a catch. So I'm not sold on his health. Uh, right. I think so it, it's easier to be healthier against Purdue, though. Okay, yeah. Either way, I feel like some Nebraska receiver is going to have a big game against Purdue, and Stanley Morgan. I mean, Stanley up. Morgan. Yeah, yeah. He was, they've been, they hyped him last year as a true freshman. He seems like he's going to be a pretty close-to-star level player next year when Western camp's out of the way. But, uh, yeah, if Moore's healthy, i like him to get going in that one, and if he's not, I'd like, I'd like Morgan to have a second good game in a row. Yeah. Um, and it seems like newbie's taking ownership of that backfield. Yes, so, like, big he, time. Yeah, so you could look to him, I guess. If you're looking for running back help, Purdue's highly unlikely to resist much at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, uh, the whole West Virginia offense gets the green light. Dakil Shorts uh, and, and Shelton Gibson are about equally ranked for me, even though Gibson gets all the hype. Uh, Justin Crawford, we got to double check kind on of the injury he had last week. But if he's available, right. got to like him. And uh, let's see what else. Yeah. Um, Anthony Maddy against Buffalo. That's the Northern Illinois mm, yes. like, quarterback. So Buffalo's just uh, one of the very worst teams. They, they have no hope whatsoever. Uh, and, uh, Anthony Maddie got sh- got exposed a bit against Central Michigan. They they kind of reminded of the fact that he's not much of a passer, but he can run, and I, I don't think Buffalo can stop much of anything at all. Yeah, the Buffalo, you know, you see what happens when Colin Lisa transfers from your program, pretty much. Yeah, that's they should have they should have known, <laughs> uh, but yeah. Otherwise, uh, I think Nick had a yeah Nick Gray's uh, the guy who does our waiver wire article pointed out that uh, Bug Howard at North Carolina, he's probably someone you want to own and pretty much any format if he's out there because uh with uh, Mac Hollins out of the picture, Howard isn't the, the downfield threat that he that Hollins is, but he's their only big body receiver with with yeah, Mac Hollins And he's going to get more downfield usage even if it's not perfect for his skill set just because they have no one to replace Hollins. So uh he's he's a good player. Uh he 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 should finish this year very strong. Agreed. Uh but yeah, John, uh your article, do you, do you have anybody who who stands out exactly? You mentioned Bug um, uh,
1: I, I like uh, Gabe Marks uh, against Arizona State. Uh, obviously, I just like Gabe Marks in general, so I think uh, he's a smart play. Uh, Newbie, like I said, uh, he seemed or like you said, he's kind of seized control of that of that Nebraska backfield. And even when Devine Zigbo gets healthy, I think that uh, Newbie's done enough to really yeah. kind of warrant twenty carries a game. It seems like uh, so I like that. And then on on the other side of the coin, as far as Big Ten running backs are concerned, uh, any you know, if you want to use Shannon Brooks or uh Rodney Smith against Rutgers this week, uh, you know, don't let anything stop you there. That that's always a good move. And then if you have any Keyshawn Vaughn left, uh the the <laughs> Illinois running back, he just it seems like Lovey Smith just like forgot about him or something. Uh so drop him immediately if you can. Yeah, get get exactly. a guy like Reggie Corbin or or Foster.
2: Yeah, he's not he's not coming back. Nope. Uh but um anyway I'm banished to...
1: to the land of wind and ghosts. <laughs>
2: Uh, trying to. I, there's something on the, on the top of my head. Oh, uh, you also mentioned Justice Hill. Yes. Uh, the, the Oklahoma State back. He he kind of slowed down against Iowa State before the bye, but I I highly highly doubt Kansas is going to do anything to slow him. So I, I think I think Hill goes back over 100 and scores at least once this week. One guy we haven't mentioned to my recollection on this podcast is uh, but it's been amazing this year actually. Is Austin Carr at Northwestern? The receiver. Yeah, yeah um he that's not a team that throws much or with much success when they do but he's been just he's close absolute. to the lead in the nations in, in like in like market share or maybe even oh targets yeah he's itself. got a, he's got a, and he's got f- about 600 of their about 1400 receiving yards which is crazy if i, I don't think he can maintain that but it's i mean you can't you can't really bet against him at this point because uh yeah, he's, he's also got eight touchdowns and 43 receptions, and that's not playing an easy schedule either. So right. it's, 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 you would think there's some regression ahead, uh, particularly when he has to go against Ohio State and Wisconsin two and three weeks from now. But uh, in the like, championship rounds of season-long uh, college fo- fantasy football, gets like Purdue, Minnesota, Illinois. So yeah, he's he's a guy who can take you to the to the you know top of your league standings if you can just make the playoffs before that Ohio State Wisconsin stretch.
1: Agreed. Yeah, he's he's really been kind of the, one of the underappreciated uh, stars of this season so far, and you know we're at the half point halfway point now, so it's obviously not just flash in a pan type stuff, but for Mario. I'm John. Uh, this was the Wednesday RotoWire College Football pro- Podcast brought to you by Wix.com. We will be back again next week looking at some more big games. Thanks a lot. Take it easy.